Welcome to Soulful Veda's podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal and balances in the mind, body, and spirit. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer and your moment to connect your highest self is now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Soulful Veda's podcast. Today, you have Rachel and Angelica here, and this is going to be a really fun episode because we're basically just talking about random things in our life, life updates, things we're reading, our favorite podcasts, questions that you guys ask that we want to answer and share with all of you. So as we learn, grow, and evolve, you can come along on that journey with us. This is going to be a really special episode to kick us off on because we're going to start with some life updates and we have some really exciting ones. So Angelica, you want to share a big life update that's happening with you? Yes. So I will be moving back to LA um, in a couple of weeks. I actually used to live in LA for six years and now I've been back in Chicago for four and I've just been missing nature, um, been missing the whole lifestyle out there. So I'm super excited for the move. Uh, And I'm so sad, but also really excited to visit. Already planning out my monthly trips to LA. So can't wait to, to be there and get a little sunshine, escape from the Chicago cold and winter. So it will be sad not having our regular Wednesdays together, but yeah, that's going to be amazing for you. I'm excited. Oh, thank you. And of course, we're all virtual now anyways, so we'll be easy to stay connected. <laughs> so what's one of the ways that you're planning to make the most of 2020? Obviously, with your move, you're going to be in LA and it's going to be so fun to explore and, you know, go back to summer and kind of reverse the seasons for yourself. But like, what's something that you're really excited to finish out this year with? I think the most important thing for me right now is just to have fun and find more spontaneity in my days. And I feel like I really had a lot of that when I was living in LA because it was such a new city and I was so excited to explore. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to that and taking, yeah, just like spontaneous trips, hanging out with friends and just finding more joy in these days. Yeah, I really love that as well. And while I would love to resonate with the spontaneity and exploring new parts of the city, I don't think I'll necessarily be doing that, but I am such a geek for the holidays, all of them. So Mm. I'm really excited to see as much of either family as possible or just really do all of the holiday things. I feel like in the past, um, with work, when I used to work in my corporate job, we would be going nonstop over the holidays from client party to client party. And then, you know, our office party, and it's going to be really nice to just, kind of relax and do the normal things like make cookies. I'm really excited. I I love walking around or driving around the neighborhood and seeing all of the decorations people have up. And people in Chicago do not go as crazy as the suburbs, but I'm definitely going to be driving out to the suburbs and (laughs) giving, you know, zero out of 10 ratings on which one can pull off the best decorations. So pretty pumped about that. You and Gianna would love that together. We actually always do this as siblings. Gianna's my sister and she like always looks up these crazy light shows in the suburbs and they're like linked up to like a radio. So you, you put on the radio and for some reason, I think it's the most hilarious thing is seeing Christmas lights in synchronicity with the radio song. I don't know why. It's just it's like... It's the best. <laughs> it's just so funny. That's exactly what I do. I need to get her list because I grew up not in Chicago, but a few hours from here and there's this big light show um, in Peoria and you pay and you drive through and I don't think it's synchronized to lights, but you play the radio station. It's just Christmas music, but that is next level. So let me know where she <laughs> finds those because I am going to be first in line. 
Hopefully that's still happening. I mean, I guess if you're driving. I mean, I think that'd be perfect for quarantine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, making the most of things, maybe getting a little ice skating in. Um, I'll let you guys know if I come up with any good Ayurvedic-based Christmas cookie recipes because um, that's my favorite. I love doing that with my mom and decorating the family house. So I've been seeing a few people... Um, one of our clients just put up her Christmas tree last week. And for reference, it's October 28th. And she might have done it this week. But I was like, okay, I can kind of get behind that. I would love to do that. Yes, you are alone on that one as far as like between <laughs> us two. But I think that's amazing that you're stoked about it. So let's talk 2021. So 2020, we're going to put a wrap on it, the bow. We're just going to finish out with the holidays. But 2021 feels really good for all the reasons that this year is kind of a shit show. And I feel like it's going to be such a clean, fresh slate. And for so many people, I feel like there's the theme of starting new and just showing up in a really more authentic way. That's the best way I can put it. Or people are just kind of like getting the no BS attitude out. And it's like, this isn't what I you know, came here to do and how I want to spend my life. And I'm recognizing that now that I've created that space to see that within myself. And so where do you feel like, you know, that we're resonating with that energy as well. Like what's, what's coming up in 2021 that's going to be, you know, the next big thing. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, and probably because my Saturn return started at the January in 2020, so I feel like I've been learning a lot of my lessons and a lot of responsibility, but it's all also about building your foundation, and so what is the life that you want to create for the next 30 years, and I feel like that's also just like indicative of COVID in general, because you've been able to kind of scrape away what is the illusion, what is not serving you anymore, it's just like all your stuff is just out there in the open and only truth is left which is so beautiful so i think this year was a lot of shedding and you know astrologically too i think the shedding might continue a little bit more next year and like everyone's on their own journey so you know it just kind of just depends um where you are with that but i think there's going to be continuous shedding as far as like a collective and then yeah people just like really stepping up into like where they're supposed to be doing like finally doing the job that they need to do, like leaving the relationship they needed to do. And then what is to come of that? And to see that come into all fruition, I think we're especially here at Soulful really excited to see all these things we've been working on, all these trainings, all this education that we consistently do for ourselves and seeing these seeds being planted and watching them blossom. Yeah. And I think the same goes for me as the shedding, but I also feel like a big theme for me and others is just really getting confident in who I am, who we are, and what we came here to do. Um, This is something that I feel like right now, the entrepreneurship journey is really hyped up. You're seeing everyone on Instagram becoming a coach, starting their own thing. And while I think that's absolutely amazing, if people are following their dharmas and stepping into that, that's incredible. But I also think um, there's a different side to entrepreneurship where it's the biggest spiritual journey, I think, you know, me personally, that I could have ever gone on because, you know, coming from someone who spent four years working in sales and with clients, I had a lot of confidence in what we were selling and the way I could talk about the products, but it also wasn't, you know, directly reflecting me. I could tout on someone else's work and talk about how amazing the engineers were and the product teams versus now it's like, We're wearing all of the hats and if we don't feel completely confident in something or if we have a shadow that's projecting onto our work, like it shows up and it directly impacts everything. So for me, I think the first, you know, year, two years of Soulful and trying out these events, it was like, 
okay, not everything's going to be perfect. And for someone, I, I'm one of those people, like, if you say something, you do it. And as an entrepreneur, it's like, you have to be adaptable, right? You have to change with the times. You have to listen to what your audience wants. You have to really be nimble and nothing is going to be perfect, especially it's first time. And for someone who has a lot of perfectionist tendencies, I was like, well, hold up. Like, what, what do you mean? It can't be perfect. But it's, it's truly the secret to success is letting all of that go and just showing up as you are and realizing that your energy, your presence, and your wisdom is what people came here for, not, you know, absolute perfect delivery or for everything to be exactly the plan that you set for yourself six months ago. So I think that's really the way I picture it visually. It's how I think of things. It's just like a really strong like backbone and a lot of confidence and just being really unapologetic and to be frank, like not giving an F about, you know, things that I would normally expend energy caring about. So that feels really exciting and liberating. I love that for you. And I mean, for you, it's like, it's funny hearing like your own perspective of this because like, yes, you have those perfectionist tendencies, but you've been nothing but nimble and adaptable like this whole entire time of like, all right, okay, guess we're going to switch plans. And like, we've done that like month to month. Like if anyone like follows us religiously and has seen our link in a bio, it switches like on the weekly. And you know, that's just like us hearing what our audience wants and constantly changing and like, yeah, it's been really fun ride to do that. But I think we're like really ready to like own who we are with that like unapologetic confidence, worthiness, yes, no bullshit. And we're really excited to see what comes of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes people have trouble talking about that because it makes them feel like, oh, I'm not a professional or not serious. But I think showing that behind the scenes, it's like, that's how things are. You know, big corporations are doing that all the time. Like you see Coca-Cola, you know, a brand that's decades maybe even a century old and they're switching out different brands and they're trying on a new commercial and things like that and like the same thing you you get to give yourself permission for as an entrepreneur but I think we're all really hard on ourselves and so 2020 has been about finding that compassion and that love for yourself and again giving yourself permission to fail massively and then show up and rise stronger right because every change we make every different you know different road that we decide to pursue it's be all, all for our audience because it's going to better serve them or help them get where they're going in a faster more effective more efficient way so um i appreciate you saying that i feel like <laughs> we've we've gotten practice at it now but it doesn't always mean that it's easy true true so we've both been doing a lot of learning this year we've kind of taken some of this downtime to hone on new skills, try on new modalities. What's one of the most favorite things you're learning right now or have you learned throughout this year? Yeah, I think, I know I said like this year was for learning. I'm like, I don't think I'll ever stop learning actually. I'm always going to be enrolled into something. I think that's so important. Just that like, growth and expansion is part of our authentic, our authentic code and like really owning that. Um, so this year, let's see what I did. I finished up my specialist course at the California College of Ayurveda. And then I took a full month off, which was a lot for me because I'd been in studies for three years. I said four years, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe four years, like constantly studying um, for my certification. And 
yeah, that month felt amazing, but it just was funny that I was really ready to jump back into what lit me up and what I wanted to go into next. Like there was no one like, oh, I wish I had like another month. Otherwise, I would have given it myself. Um, but as you know, my mentor, Ryan Strong, um, he's an Ayurveda doctor and a Vedic astrologer, and I've had my eye on astrology for so long. Yeah, you've been talking about it forever. <laughs> I have. And yeah, so I was, yeah, I've been talking about it since he like didn't read my chart and everything. So I jumped on those one-on-one sessions that I have with my mentor, which has been so fun. It's lighting me up so much. And I'm a projector by human design. and I like to see the bigger picture and to see things from that whole perspective. And I feel like um, Jyotish is just, it's a science of light. And so it's really being able to understand and see the totality of everything and how it's all connected. And that is like giving me so much joy because I'm like, oh yes, this makes sense how all these pieces are coming together. So I'm totally loving on all that type of stuff. And what are you studying this over here? Uh, I feel like so many things this year, but my favorite so far, it, it's kind of a tie. I've been loving the Akashic records. I just think there's a lot of solace to be found in there and I think the way that they've come through feels really natural and like something that's almost been there the whole time but now there's a process to act accessing that higher intuition and a name and a label that goes to it and a way to really use the records in a more helpful way with not only myself but also starting to use them with clients but you know the big thing for me this year has been learning how to teach yoga nidra classes and I feel like yoga nidra doesn't get a lot of love. There's a lot of people who've done their 200 hour and, you know, I've heard a lot about hypnotherapy and NLP being big practices, but yoga nidra is such a cool practice. And if you've ever been through a class, you'll know um, how vital yoga nidra is to really bridging the gap between the subconscious and the conscious. I, I think of it a little bit like hypnotherapy, but it's it's got its own technique to really figuring out, okay, what is it that I need to hear in this moment or experience in this moment? And when, the way I started working with yoga nidra was just for, for sleep and to calm down. It was something that I could listen to for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I would be totally relaxed and just feel amazing. And the longer I practiced with it, I started to realized this was a really good way for me to access and bring consciousness to the subconscious. And it's been a really powerful practice in that way for figuring out, okay, what's blocking me from bringing in my manifestations or desires? Or what am I feeling energetically um, in physical parts of my body? And why is that happening? How can I, you know, increase or reinvigorate the prana or the flow in my energetic body to help with whatever physical stagnation I'm experiencing? And so to me, that's what Yoga Nidra offers. And I'm excited to start using it more in practice and with clients. And it's a completely different yoga from where I started. I started with Yoga Sculpt, which for those of you who know the, the core power language, Yoga Sculpt is the opposite of Nidra. Um, I, both, I love both of the modalities, but I'm excited to try this on and have it be more of a regular practice that I use and share. Oh, I cannot wait to take your class and especially because my sleep has been a little off. I need that to fall asleep every night. So thank you for doing that for me. And also you forgot to mention that you've completed your Ayurvedic counseling course this year. Oh, just, you know, <laughs> willy nilly. Um, but yes, Rachel has been studying as well in Ayurveda. And of course, we're always continuing to study in the science because we love it so much. But yeah, that Reiki, there's been a lot this year. Oh, I just wow, talked to my I favorites, um, but yeah, it's been a super fun year to just learn 
grow, develop. And I, you know, you're talking about being a projector. I've definitely got the manifesting generator vibe. So Mm -hmm. I love to try things on and I like to pick up things quickly and then sort of (laughs) move on. And I think I used to be really hard on myself for that too, right? And thinking it's more of the the Vata vibes and why can't I stick to this and just use this modality? But I think what it's offered me as a way to infuse and combine all of these different techniques to create a healing system that really works. Yes, that's perfect. So what podcasts have you been currently loving on? I think we're both loving on this one. It's <laughs> Expanded by Lacey Phillips. I'm not as far as you, but... It's, <laughs> I'm almost done. You are crazy, you guys. Angelica listens to... Once she gets hooked on someone, she listens to every single podcast in the repertoire. I think to get through all of Oprah's Super Souls I've took you... i every Super Soul. It took you like two months, too. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I listen to podcasts like nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what has been really inspiring about them? I think she does such a good job of just bringing in people who have really different modalities. I think Oprah's amazing, but she talks to a lot of people who I've heard from before or have read their books or at least know of them. And Lacey introduces me to a lot of concepts and people that I otherwise might have never fallen upon. And she does a really good job of, you know, bringing it into the light of her own work. So taking something, for example, human design, like we were just talking about and helping people see you know, you might not be a manifestor type, but here's how you manifest with this energy. So I just like how she brings everything full circle and really brings role models that I can connect with and start to resonate with. What about you? Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, I couldn't obviously talk the rest of the podcast about this, but for what's relevant in this specific conversation, I mean, it's called expanded because she coined the term expanders. And that's basically finding people who inspire you, who are you relate to, who are similar paths that you and are achieving what you're doing so that you know that it was possible based on neuroscience, which is um, mirror neurons seeing what's seen to believing. And it's just when I first, why I was so hooked on her podcast, because literally every person that I've been inspired by, she had as a guest. I was like, that is literally what I want for our podcast. And then like the deeper I got, I was like, literally everything she's doing about her business is exactly what I want. So I knew that she was such a key expander for me just by like her and her business and what she's doing. So I was like, I just have to do everything (laughs) that she has because yeah, it's just when you find that person that is a huge role model for you and shows you what's possible, um, you just, you just can't stop. Yeah. She's definitely an expander for you. So what book are you currently reading? Books. Oh my gosh. Talk about MG vibes. I'm reading three books right now. So the first one is an audible. It's Gabby Bernstein's You, The Universe Has Your Back. And I just love waking up to it. It listening to it even for a few minutes just starts me off on the right foot and keeps me so inspired. So I usually listen to that while I run or go for walks, things like that. And then I have a bedtime book. So I've been reading, um, I think it's called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And they're short little chapters. Again, just super easy read before bed. And then I have to make myself read a fun book. So otherwise I'm always trying to learn something or get something from it. And so I love to just throw in a novel or fiction book and right now there's a leave a book take a book in my apartment complex so I picked up a book called the boyfriend project which I just started so I'll have to keep you guys updated on how that one is is going and how it if it's good how about you that's so good I know we said we were gonna do that so um I'm always reading multiple books as well so I'm obviously reading a book on Jotish because that's what I'm studying and then I'm also 
just started this book called In the Flow, and I have to remember the author. Um, but it's about understanding your infradian rhythm, which is different than the circadian rhythm, but it's basically understanding like your moon cycle and how women are supposed to um, align the rhythms of the moon. And for example, like if you're a runner, like it's not optimal for you to be running um, 30 days out of the month because it's your glucose levels do not match that. So I'm into that. And I also started reading a little book for fun um, that I think I've read before. It's called, I think, Heart Talk by Cleo Wade. And it just has like a bunch of quotes in there. It kind of reminds me of like Young Pueblo Instagram. And it's just so easy and so nice that I'm not trying to like crave for more knowledge. And I'm just, it's stuff that I intellectually know, but just need to hear again, like, you know, you with your Gabby Bernstein book. So yeah, that's what, that's what I'm reading right now. So let's start to shift gears and start to talk about Ayurveda, our beloved. And, you know, just like Ayurveda, we're, we really embody this where we're not perfect practitioners and we constantly ebb and flow. So which current Ayurveda practices are you really loving on now? Hmm. After my cleanse, one thing that I really loved doing was the nightly abhyanga. Um, it just helped me sleep so well, and it was a really nice self-care practice before bed. And I would do a quick abhyanga um, before showers, you know, before that. But now I, I really started to do something every single evening where I'd lay out the towel and have it be a whole experience. So that's been really nice to carry forward. And I actually just ordered some new um, body oil that I'm really excited to try on. So... It hasn't been super consistent, a perfect everyday thing, but for the most part, it's been at least a few times a week where it just feels really good to do before bed. How about you? We didn't talk about this ahead of time, these questions. Me and Rachel have one brain, but I too <laughs> just, for me, honestly, I hadn't been doing Nabianka for a really long time and then I came back to it and because I had been having some sleep trouble and it just, it's one of those staples that like... I, I just don't know even know why I would ever stop doing Abhyanga. It's just so healing on so many levels and really having that whole nighttime ritual. I mean, from turning away from electronics and just like turning the lights down low and just connecting back to yourself and getting to that meditative state of mind, not to mention like the oils just smell so amazing. It's just like so intoxicating. Um, but yeah, so Abhyanga has definitely been a staple practice for me. But what does your meditation practice look like or a bit of a morning routine either way so one thing that um is usually pretty consistent well I guess this is a kind of a new thing so I've really been diving into the dream world and studying with Anadi from the Saparan nation um and learning how to interpret dreams from their point of view with something they call the cosmovision and while I've been sort of connected to my dreams in the past I'm like okay I know what was going on I'm sort of interpreting it um, I've really set the intention every single night before sleep to remember my dreams and to have clarity on the message that I receive from the spirit world when I wake up. So in the morning, I'll lay in the same spot that I woke up and really relive my dream as if it's happening again, and then write it down in my journal and start to look at it from the perspective of, okay, um, one thing that Manati teaches is there's different levels of the dreams. So what was happening here? How was this going to manifest? What was the message that I received? Um, is this a dream that I want to manifest or not? So that's really been a cool way to start my morning. And then usually after that, I'll move into the pathways. We were just talking about Lacey Phillips and her podcast. We both are also doing her program where you can start to 
you know, do shadow work or look at up leveling, anything that's a part of the manifestation process. And a lot of it is just simply inner work. So she uses it for manifesting, but it's really about how to bring your whole self into alignment, but from a little bit of a different perspective than the way we, you know, always tackle it from the Ayurveda world and perspective. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been loving out on all of her stuff. So again, can go so deep into that, but I'll restrain. Um, so my morning routine has been meditation is always so staple and I have my meditation practice. It's called Sattva meditation that I've learned when I was in Rishikesh, um, which is very similar to Vedic for those who need some type of reference. And um, right after that, I usually kind of read a little bit of my heart talk book to kind of get me in a high vibrational state. And then I do my morning sadhana, which um, has been really different for me. So normally I pick a sadhana that I do the same one for 40 days, um, or if it's a 90 day one, and I'm really strict on it, right? And, you know, reading about this infradian rhythm and understanding that in different cycles of the moon, when the moon waxes and wanes, and even divided in between those two time periods within that, I feel like I don't want to be doing the same sadhana practice every day. That's actually kind of more of a masculine energy to kind of like have that type of discipline. And right now my body is asking for something different. So I've just been doing intuitive guided sadhanas, um, given that I have my 500 hour Kriya and meditation certification. I have these Kriyas that I can reference to and it's been so awesome. I feel like I've been able to go so much deeper into receiving messages from my guides and um, when I pull my tarot, it's just been so awesome. So something that I'm working on too, it's with the creative project is really how to align with the moon stuff. So more on that to come. Um, yeah, your sauna practice always used to make me a little bit jealous where I'd be like, okay, she's so good at sticking something for 40 days and I'm much more the type where like I'll wake up and one morning I'd want to do a Joe Dispenza meditation and another day I'd really want to spend some time in the Akashic Records or maybe like really dive deep with some mantra work, but it never really looked the same. I'd get super into something for like a week and then lose interest and do something else. So um, your freedom to do that kind of like gave me my freedom back. I'm like, okay, beautiful. Like now I'm, I'm going to roll with this too. And oh, I, love, I love that you align it to the moon cycle. So it still has a structure, um, but it, it is kind of fun to wake up and be like, okay, what does my heart want to do today? Or what am I feeling today? Um, and let that really take us in the right direction. So that's super cool. Yeah, totally. And, you know, because we are human and we're not perfect Ayurvedic healers all the time, uh, we do things that are not so Ayurvedic. And I think that's really important for our audience to understand that, like, you know, first, when we first start learning about it, we kind of take our perfectionist tendencies and put them on something else. And so even Ayurvedic can be practice in an um, imbalanced way. And so we, we, of course, learn those lessons no matter how many times people told us about them. Um, and so we, uh, yeah, we love also embracing the parts of us that are not so Ayurvedic. So what would you say something that you do currently or maybe, I don't know, before that's not so Ayurvedic? Hmm, I feel like I have a few of these. Um, I talk about this one on our Instagram, but I actually love coffee. And this is not something like I didn't drink it in college, didn't really drink it after college. But once I really started to enjoy the taste, for me, it's not about the caffeine at all, but I love the taste of like a bitter, you know, dark coffee. I love my oat milk lattes. Lock home is my place. Um, <laughs> and that really surprises people, especially because at California yeah. College of Ayurveda, where we studied, they had a strict rule that was like no coffee in the classrooms. And I remember, um, although we studied virtually with the college, I remember hearing that rule 
being like, wow, okay, they're very strict on this. And I was feeling pretty shameful and guilty about my, my coffee love and addiction. So I'd say that would be something that surprises people and kind of in that same vein. Um, I also haven't given up alcohol. I still enjoy beverages. One of Jack and I's favorite things to do on date night is to go to speakeasies. And I love sitting at the bar and seeing how they can make the cool drinks. And I love trying new wines and really, you know, experiencing how a good beverage can pair with a meal. So I think those are, I, I could probably name a lot of things here, but those are my two big ones. Yeah, I love that. And it's so funny how, like, there's, yeah, there's so many different rules. And, like, if we were practicing Ayurveda, then, like, we would just not be embodying our own authenticity. So it's just, like, to- totally not valid. Um, but personally, let's, um, for me, I would say, so I really like to go out to really nice dinners with my family. And they are not Ayurvedic at all. Um, but they're more, like, prefix kind of meals. Um, and, yeah, I just, I love indulging. It's, like, one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, they're definitely not Ayurvedic by any means. And that Taurus energy. Yeah. You guys, Angelica's family loves <laughs> the luxurious meals. They love feeding right the into 15, my Taurus. The 15 courses, all of the above. So I'm trying to get an invite to one of those family dinners sometime soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would love to have you. And another guilty pleasure is I like to do really intense workouts. I mean, that was probably because we were both teachers at Core Power and there was such intensity, but that's kind of been my whole life. Like I love to be really physical in my body. Um, specifically, I love taking boot camp classes. I'm honestly, I just love anything that's like kind of new and trendy. Like I was into boxing before COVID. So like anytime there's a new group fitness class, I'm like already on top of it and, and want to know more about it. So yeah, that is our lives. Not so Ayurvedically. And I hope you can relate. And I hope you start to share some of the things that are not Ayurvedic about yours and be perfectly imperfect all the time. And I'd even share, like, let that be Ayurveda to you, right? Because Ayurveda, I always say, it's like the training wheels on your bike. So let it guide you to find your happiest, healthy self, but let that look completely unique to you. That's what Ayurveda says, right? Is we're all a unique blend of these energies and we show up and embody them in different ways. So just because it's not something that's strict by the rules posted on a practitioner's Instagram doesn't mean that it's you know, not right for you to bring joy and bring health into your life. So it's finding that balance of what makes you you and also putting those structures and those routines into place to support your best well-being. Um, and yeah, beyond that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was more lighthearted, more fun. Um, my puppy Theo was walking around in the background. We decided to record this on a whim. <laughs> so you really get our imperfectly perfect selves. And if you like this episode, we'd be happy to do more. Um, we'd love to get any of your questions and we are open books. So you can ask us and we will answer and yeah, we hope it was helpful. Yeah. We have some exciting stuff coming up too. Um, not just, before I've been really working hard with our private clients and now that we can expand more, we have some fun opportunities for you to um, be able to refine some of your Ayurvedic skills with maybe not so diving in as deep if you are not called to that right away. So if you haven't already signed up for our um, newsletter and you can do so by going to soulfulveda.com and then you can sign up for our newsletter and get the download on what goodies we got in store for you. Yeah, we provide so much value in the newsletter. We dive deep into topics. And even when you first sign up, we'll really give you the lay of the land on your constitution, your imbalance, all that good stuff. So hear from us there. Hear from us on IG. You know, hear from us on podcasts. And we love connecting with you. So if this resonated anyway, send us an email, drop us a DM. We read every single one. And we, we love to hear from each and every one of you. So thanks for tuning in. Namaste.
Have a great day. If you have been loving these conversations and episodes, which we know you have, we invite you to dive deeper into not just learning about Ayurveda and all things spirituality, but by actually embodying it. We're inviting you into our Lightwork Society, our spiritual membership, where we have monthly full and new moon events, our online community, and monthly spiritual kits to deepen your connection to your highest self. Using tools like Kundalini, working with limiting beliefs, journaling prompts, and extra support from special guests. So come connect with us and our community. We'll see you there.